Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's the weirdest thing I've ever had the misfortune to see. <laughs> Mackey and Judd. Yeah, I, I'd say it's top five. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackey and Judd. This is such a just a buzzkill like Sports Monday in this town with Wolves Wild what do you mean? Outs, what are you talking about? Twins or and and like the Vikings, it's it's more of a buzzkill because all of the post Super Bowl and pre draft excitement it, in the schedule release and all those things. How are you going to make your team better after coming close to going to the Super Bowl, right? And that and now here's your answer. And the Vikings did a lot. They Kirk Cousins and. Um, Sheldon Richardson and Kendall Wright and now the draft picks, but like that speculation period is now over and you're just waiting for a training camp. So we were kind of hoping the twins would be better right now, but yeah. alas, here we are. That's my buzzkill. Mm-hmm. This this twin start is just because it's awful. Yeah. It's not if they were mildly struggling or if something was going well and you had if Phil Hughes was your problem. So let's say they were trying to start him, and I, and I don't think he, he should start at this point. But let's just say that wasn't working. But everything else was okay. I'd be like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but the bullpen's been atrocious. The starters, for the most part, have been spotty and atrocious. Uh, the hit, hitting has not been good. This is just such an off-the-charts bad start. Yes. It, it really reminds me there's too many things about this that are a solid flashback to 2016. Yeah, other than that, if, if things have been great, yes. That's what. That's why I'm down about the local sports yes. scene today. Um, so let's fire up the reckless speculation uh, machine here again. We're going to do a couple. We, actually, Scott Korzenowski, we'll do this at noon for our Mr. Fix-It segment. He actually had three things he would do to fix the Timberwolves. I don't know if it's possible to do one or two of those important things, but we'll do that later in the show. Let's start here. David Thorpe has been a basketball consultant. He he has worked with numerous NBA players over the last two or three decades. He's consulted for teams, and he's one of the brightest. He's He kind of blends between consultant and media figure. He's a regular on the Scoop podcast with Doogie, and... Like he he calls it like he sees it. He's not a guy. It's it's not like having somebody on from inside the organization who's going to either defend Tom Thibodeau or somebody with a grudge. He has objective thoughts on the Timberwolves and Tom Thibodeau. And let's just play a couple sound bites from David Thorpe, and then we can react to his assessment of the Wolves. If I'm in charge of what's going on in Minnesota, I'm asking some serious questions about why hasn't Andrew Wiggins ascended? What is what is he? There's no excuse for it uh, in terms of. On paper, I don't know Andrew Wiggins at all. Athletically, overall talent, skill, a player, or or bordering that. Talent on defense. Uh, Rubio should have been that. Gorgie James should be better than what he is. Um, I think there are question marks that are that are fair to ask. At, at what's going on there? 
All they did is bring in a really good player in Jimmy Butler, and they got you to the eighth spot. But that's not going to work long term. The argument you would make against your coach is there's a lot of coaches that could take this exact talent with these number of games that each guy played and got them to the eighth playoff spot uh, because of the overall talent that, that the management brought in. And you could even argue that maybe the, the, your best players would play more games if they played less minutes. That's a separate argument, and the, we, we only know science suggests they shouldn't play as much as what they've been playing, mm-hmm. but we don't know for certain that they would have played more. That's only a guess. We do know long-term it's not smart. But we also know that there's, there's almost, any, almost any coach out there could have taken Minnesota to the eighth spot. So super pointed observations from a guy who's been in league circles for 30-plus years. And obviously, like he, as he said, he's never met Andrew Wiggins before. I don't, I don't know what his, if he has previous ties to Tom Thibodeau, but you know whatever those are, it wasn't enough for him to hold back criticism. His two main points were any coach could have come in. This is what I've been saying for two months. Any coach could have come in with that talent. Credit for bringing in Jimmy Butler, but in terms of, okay, what can you do now? Now you got the ingredients. What can you do with them? Any coach could have taken that collection of veterans and talent to 47 wins. And then he questioned the development. Why hasn't Wiggins ascended after four years? Uh, why hasn't Carl Anthony Towns figured out how to play better defense overall? And why are guys like Ricky Rubio thriving elsewhere mm-hmm. when, you know... And Gorgie's going backwards. He's regressing. Correct. All valid criticisms by David Thorpe on the Scoop Podcast. You can find the full interview, the Scoop Podcast with Doogie, anywhere you would download podcasts, 1500ESPN.com. The Wiggins point to me is incredibly interesting in this sense because he has, for for a, a lot of us, our patience, if it has not run out, is very close to doing it. But his point from an outsider's point of view who doesn't watch Wiggins play on a nightly basis but certainly knows a lot about him is this. He's not improving, and how much of that has to do with coaching. And that's a really interesting point. Um, and and I guess the the other question when it comes to Carl uh, Anthony Towns is how much is his improvement due to coaching and how, how much is due to just his desire to improve and watching guys like Butler play. And this and this is where when you look at Tibbs as a coach and how he goes about his business right now and how he coaches and the fact that I don't think he's changing. I don't think there's anyone who can sit him down and say, Tom, we've got to change this. Is this not the right executive for this team, but is this the, the right coach? And if you do trade off guys or start to trade off guys who are disappointing you, are you trading off guys who you now have correctly determined aren't going to improve? Or are you trading off guys, guys who are going to go elsewhere, get better coaching, more patient coaching too, yep. and all of a sudden you look in box scores and they're all playing well and you said, whoa, it didn't have to do nearly as much with the player as we thought. It had to do with the coaching as well. And you just gave up, let's say, on two guys who could have helped you a lot, and now they're in Utah and Houston or, you know, L.A. because you basically said, this is Tibbs' deal, and Tibbs traded him. That's the ultimate fear with Andrew Wiggins, right? I mean, like we, we, we've we watched for four years, and unless you're completely blind to efficiency and, like, if you're just... If you're just a blind Andrew Wiggins homer, you see him compared to other players in the NBA taking much more inefficient shots. You see a lack of passion, a lack of fire. He disappears for long stretches. You know, the fear is if he were to go to one of those organizations you're talking about, like let's say he went to San Antonio or Boston. I mean, if you were able to swing a deal and 
for some reason, San Antonio would be willing to take on that contract and give you disgruntled Kawhi Leonard. The fear is that a better coach and a better system would be able to draw something out of Wiggins. Maybe he's not going to be like a fiery, passionate guy. He's not going to turn into a Kevin Durant-level player, which is what the hope was when he was drafted out of Kansas. But, I mean, those are all valid points. Like, Gorgie Jang, that that contract for, for the productivity is going to be one of the worst contracts in the NBA going forward, unless you can get more out of him. So I agree with your point. Are you ready to cut bait on certain players, or are you dis, are you dissatisfied with certain players because they're just lost causes and and it is what it is and they're sunk costs, or because you, as Tom Thibodeau and the Wolves organization, can't get them closer to their 90th percentile as players, as people, as leaders? And frustrated Judd is done, but but that's the first sort of angry reaction. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about Wiggins that really makes you, it has to make you stop and say, okay, why why did this happen? How often can, can it happen? And how do you unlock this? Even a semblance of game three, first round. He was magnificent. He was really good in that game. And, and a lot of time that he struggled throughout the course of this year, we all said what? He can't fit in with Butler. He doesn't know what what to do, which I believe was the case at times. But Butler played in Game 3. So when you look at that Game 3 and you see that that he took control at times and played a really solid game, I think you do have to ask yourself, why did that happen then? And is that a game that you could, if if you used him effectively and got him to unlock himself to to be the best player he could possibly be, is that a game that you could even get on a semi-regular basis? Also worth noting, for as much as people raved about Wiggins in the playoffs, ultimately in five games, he averaged only 15 points, which is well below. Like, he averaged into the 20s two years ago. In games so, four and five, he did almost yeah, nothing. 15 points. Okay, he grabbed five rebounds, which is like the bare minimum expectation for a guy who's that talented. Dished out a couple assists, mostly played nonchalant defense, but you could say that about the Wolves in most of those games, especially a couple of those third quarters. And it was the Rockets missing shots. Only shot 44% from the field. So it wasn't like he went bonkers from an efficiency standpoint. And 33% from three-point range, which is below league average. So, like, how low do we set our bar for, you know, Andrew Wiggins' performances that we accept? 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. But, yeah, those Coach Thorpe comments were spot on. They're objective. They're from outside this bubble. Joe, you're on the show. Guys, good morning. You, uh, you might remember I called a couple weeks ago about this same exact topic, but more re- regarding Carl uh, Anthony Towns and his contract and how he was going to respond. But, um, you know, you, you guys are now echoing what we talked about a couple weeks ago, just that, I don't know, like I said, when Tibbs was hired, I thought, oh, boy, here we go. They gave him a lot of money and they gave him a lot of power. And we saw over the last couple of years that coaching young guys and getting the best out of them has, has never been really Tibbs' forte to coach guys up and to help them develop. It's basically taking that top talent and playing them, you know, you know, 30-plus minutes a game. Um, so I think we're just echoing that today. Uh, my question would be, I guess, you know, if we had to move on from Wiggins, you know, I know we gave up love for him, so I'm not sure if there was a whole lot more that was in that package to get Wiggins. But, you know, maybe moving him on and getting something else that you, you try and start over again is, is really the option. It's either that or the coach. You really have to make a choice. Yeah, and it's thanks, thanks Joe. Joe, for the phone call. Um, he, part of the problem for the Wolves with Andrew Wiggins' contract, let's say they were at, at at least, like let's just say they were focused on 
getting rid of the contract and whatever they get back is is a bonus. They're so far over the salary cap. The salary cap is going to be around $101 million. And yep. the Wolves are are for next year, they're right around $130 million and he makes 25. So let's say you were to you were to find a team and it was just a salary dump. You were to get expiring contracts or like some team was able to absorb his contract. You it would it's not like you'd be able to just sign somebody else. Now you could do a sign and trade. You, but you, but if you're over the, it's a soft cap. You can go over the cap as long as you're resigning your own players. Mm-hmm. But you can't sign an outside player, right. and that's where the NBA gives you like a mid-level exception of seven million dollars to sign a free agent, so that you can continue to add to a roster that's over the salary cap. They're in a really tough spot with the salary cap, and that's before Towns gets a max extension. And and do you do you have the faith in Tibbs, the executive, to make the right call on Butler as well? He'll give Butler a five-year max before he would say, you know what, let's hedge on this. But should that, be, problems at but should that be discussed first? Yeah. Let's the get, answer is probably yes. Let's get back into some of this, too. Also, I've been, I've, I think the NBA is as, is as fun as it's been in a long time right now. You've got, it's not just a guaranteed lock that the team with the most superstars is going to win or the team, like LeBron James almost got, the, maybe the greatest player of the last 20 years, almost got bounced in the first round because there's a lot of really good collections and coaching jobs and systems. And there's a couple things you look at around the league and you then reflect back on the Wolves and say, why? Like, what is happening? What's the difference? 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 if you want to chime in. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. If I'm in charge of what is going on in Minnesota, I'm asking some serious questions about why hasn't Andrew Wiggins ascended? What is, what is he, there's no excuse for it. Uh, in terms of on paper, I don't know Andrew Wiggins at all. Athletically, overall talent, skill, skill player, or or bordering that. Talent on defense. Uh, Rubio should have been that. Gorgie James should be better than what he is. Um, I think there are question marks that are that are fair to ask. At, at what's going on there? All they did is bring in a really good player, Jimmy Butler, and it got to the eighth spot. But that's not going to work long term. Yeah, that was that was David Thorpe on the Scoop podcast. Which uh, definitely worth checking out that full interview. He's been in NBA circles for 30 years and pulled no punches on the Timberwolves. The most disappointing thing, if you're a Wolves fan and you're still enamored by the rest of these playoffs, is seeing some of the coaching jobs right now. And some of these players, like you, you can no longer use the age excuse for for just dismissing a bad Carl Anthony Towns series or a bad Andrew Wiggins series. When you see what Brad Stevens is getting out of this. Let's face it, this team of young and or backup Celtics. Yeah. They're without Kyrie Irving. They're without Gordon Hayward. Uh, they've had, like, Marcus Smart only played in three of the games in this series, and he was very limited in his play. I mean, Marcus Smart only averaged seven points per game. He wasn't playing. He was playing, like, 25 minutes, and he's hurt. So, and I don't know if Marcus Smart would be their third best player necessarily. Al Horford might take issue with that. But they're without three big-time players and there they are. All right, Terry Rozier, step up to the plate, dude. It's your time to shine. Third year in the NBA, 23 years old. Was mostly a nondescript kind of fringe rotation guy his first two years. Now all of a sudden in the playoffs in a seven-game series, that dude goes for 18 points a game, seven assists, four rebounds. He's knocking down 40% threes on eight attempts in a game. And he's playing with fire and passion and full confidence. Like, if you were to just watch Terry Rozier, who's pretty much... The same age as Andrew Wiggins, and uh, and and was never as highly touted at any point in his career as Andrew Wiggins. If you watch him in this series, 
or at any point here going forward in their next series and say, all right, you don't really know how old this guy or what his background is, but what do you think? Like Just watching the way that he plays and the confidence that is instilled in him. You know, what, what, what would you think of him? So, oh, he's probably one of the top five picks in the NBA draft for sure. Like, right. you know, um, so that that bothers me. The other thing, too, is Donovan Mitchell is a 21 year old rookie for Utah. And so I, I didn't see this exact thing in their decisive game where they or it was the game where they came back from like down 25 or I think it was that game. And, and one of my Twitter followers pointed out Quinn Snyder in one of those mic'd up segments, put his arm around Donovan Mitchell and said, I know this is like a horrible start to the game, but we're going to come back and win this game because of you. Like, I'm telling you that you're awesome, and you're going to come back and win this game. Yes. And not only do they do that, but Donovan Mitchell so far in the playoffs is averaging 27 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and shooting 46% from the field. He's one of the best players in the playoffs. He's a 21-year-old rookie. As, but Oh, but they're young. Yeah, and, they're, and these guys are dominating. As a Minnesota sports fan, the springtime is truly depressing. Because you you watch the basketball and hockey playoffs, and in both situations, you say to yourself, starting in the second round, can I see my team there? Like, do I see the trajectory? Is the trajectory right? Are are they just a step away? And I was watching the Predators-Jets game last night, and I thought to myself, the Wild is in the same league. But if if I didn't know that, and you just came to me with that game and said, Judd, sit down and watch this game. Now, you've watched the, the Wild for quite some time. Are they in the same league? I'd be like, I don't think they are. I could see them being a league below this. And so watching watching the playoffs in those two sports is great because it's fun because the teams are so good. But it's also depressing because in both cases, I don't know that you can play this out and say, I can definitively see a year from now my team fitting in with these teams. Yeah, the, I mean, both teams are in need of some major roster changes. I mean, we've... I mean, you could if you sat down and said, "Okay, like for for the Wild or the Wolves to go up one or two levels to the point where they're competing for potentially a trip to the Stanley Cup Finals or the or the NBA Finals." I mean, you're talking like two or three major moves minimum, in addition to the coach, whoever, you know, the coach really connecting, or in the in the Wild's case, the GM coming in and connecting with Bruce Boudreaux, like type of players, yes. Yeah. So uh, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Our buddy Miguel, this is awfully depressing, Miguel. What? It's all good, man. I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, what do you expect from the the teams up here, (laughs) right? That's true. It's just our natural natural habitat That's such a sad (laughs) statement, Miguel. Accurate. No, I I know. I know because I I got people who work uh, at my job with me. They're from different places in the country. One's from Boston. And he's oh. always freaking happy when he's cheering for his sports team because he got something positive to say, right? And I just, it's, it's, but I, it's all good. The problem is if, if the uh, owners and the people up here aren't looking at, at this in a way like, like a, you know, like a hedge fund manager or investor would, like they would just cut their losses. They're not going to continue to keep going down the same rabbit hole and like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, just cut the losses now and, and come back because think about it. Is in in the case of of the Wild, they went out and we and we in Minnesota are always like, how come we don't be like the Yankees or Lakers and just go spend the money and get players to come in? So the Wild go out, they kind of do that. Backfire it didn't help them at all because they continue, they just couldn't continue to build on that. They couldn't get nothing else in here. They couldn't see that that didn't work, and they didn't want to cut the losses because they didn't want like uh, like we always say, GMs don't want to look like they're wrong because then they got to admit that they're wrong, and then what the owner supposed to do? You know what I mean? 
so. Now, in Taylor's case, this is his own doing. He did this. He decided that he couldn't get no one here to coach Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and at the time Zach Levine. Like, anybody would have coached that team. You gave up everything to get this guy in. And when you really do the digging, I'm just saying, I was never a Tibbs fan. It was cool to get him in here. He did what he had to do for us. But you got to let him go now. I know you gave him that money. But if he's running down players. Joe Kim Noah when he was young. Derek Rose. I mean, players under him just get wore down. So how are you in three years if he stays and finishes out the contract? How then is Carl Anthony Towns attractive to somebody? Yeah. And I think, and I'll bring up the point from earlier this hour too, Miguel. I think the biggest fear is if we're, if we're all done with Andrew Wiggins for right now and it just doesn't look like it's working and he can't, he can't find his fit with this particular team, there's a lot of toothpaste in that tube. Maybe he doesn't reach the potential we thought a couple of years ago, but whether it's the Wolves or somebody else, someone's going to squeeze extra toothpaste out of the Andrew Wiggins tube as well. And maybe, nope. maybe for Towns at some point too, if they don't find a collection that works long-term here. No doubt about it. I mean, all you got to do is look at Quinn Snyder, right, and rookie Rubio. I think there was a stat. Uh, Jim Pete and them guys had it out there. When Rubio was on the floor with, with, the, with our big three, then Levine, Wiggins, and Towns, their shooting percentages was way up, way up above when Rubio was off the floor. Because obviously we all know Ricky could get easy looks, and hands down he's the best passer in the league. There's just passes he can make that no one else can. And so when you go and now you're looking at a rookie like Donovan Mitchell, I can guarantee you a lot of what happens for him is he's getting a lot of uh, extra easy looks because of Rubio. And so that makes the game easier. He hasn't made the game easier for Wiggins in any kind of way. So when it's your point guard, and we know that Tibbs likes pound the, pound the ball point guards, he's not a, his offense has never been predicated on movement. So – when you get that, Wiggins now is a lost soul. He's not a guy who is off the dribble, but he's great in pick and roll. So I don't know why they don't run one three or a Butler and Wiggins pick and roll and let Wiggins set the screen because Wiggins rolling to the basket is very scary because we know he can finish and that's where he's most comfortable. But when you're not using, using your players to the best of their abilities and putting them in positions like you've already touched on, both of you, Quinn Snyder putting his guys in the position to win. Brad Stevens has a whole has basically all his bench players and two starters going up into the second round. Yeah, it has something has to change, and I'm just I'm Taylor. He don't have those cojones. He's not gonna just say, you know what, this ain't working. I'm getting rid of Butler. I'm gonna build this thing around Towns. We're gonna do it the right way. Yeah, I wonder, Miguel. That's, that's, that's a great phone call, Miguel. I wonder. Glenn Taylor, you, and we, you and I have heard some stuff behind the scenes, and like then Glenn Taylor kind of confirmed his apprehension in that interview with CCO last week where he d- didn't give his blessing for the season as a success. I got to wonder, he must sit back and just, does he feel awful about his inability to put together? No, I don't think he does. Like a machine of an organization. When I, he looks around at, at some of his peer owners. I don't think he does. Like what goes through his head? I have no idea. But I, I know that this is, here's, here is a, a part of the problem here. Part of the reason why, as we, we've discussed and we both heard, part of the reason why Glenn is down on Tom is because Tom yells so much at home games. And I realize that is a problem. All right. But if you own the franchise, wouldn't you have that at about number 12 on the list? Like if you're going through the things that Tibbs is doing that you don't like, 
Wouldn't yelling in front of my wife and swearing yeah. be on the list? But wouldn't it be about number 12? Well, the yelling is a byproduct. It's a yes. symptom of something but deeper. What, but what I'm saying is I think he's deeply disturbed by that fact. Yeah. That fact should be way down your list of the of of, of him running guys into the ground, reuniting the Chicago Bulls of 2010. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that would be that I would have to talk to Tom about before I got to just tone it the bleep down, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in an hour and a half, Scott Korzanowski on his show yesterday. This is going to be our Mister Fix It segment. He has three things he would do to fix the Timberwolves. I think he's on to something. I don't know if it's feasible, so we can do that. Dave's got some stuff when we come back here. What do you got? I've got several of our other draft nuggets we haven't touched on. Pablo pitching an inning, and Shaq needs some math help. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Amazing. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a second here. It's on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and today is the last day of the annual tire sale where you can buy any three tires for a Toyota and get the fourth one for just a dollar. You also get a free battery inspection with that. Um, I was watching uh, watching TV over the weekend, watching some sports. My girlfriend pokes me in the ribs, and as there's a as there's a Toyota commercial on, says, "Okay, that new Camry." What I think she said, "What is? Wow, that is an amazing looking vehicle." What is? That? I said, "That's that's the brand new 2018 Camry." Uh, she said, why don't, why don't you drive that? I said, well, I'm in the middle of a lease right now in a 2016 Corolla, which I love. But as soon as that lease is up, and I'm a lease guy, I like the two, three-year leases because you get a flavor of the upgrades and the new safety features and the technology on the interior. The 2018 Camry is definitely on my radar for sure with the sportier new exterior, with the Entune System 3.0. And uh, all kinds of new bells and whistles. You can check one out and test drive one on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You dudes are beacons of radio perfection. Mackey and Judd. I I love you guys. On 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind. When Liberty stands with you, Liberty Mutual Insurance. Mackie and Judd Show, give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. All right, Harrigan, you said. National Football League draft information that we haven't gotten to yet. Nuggets, I think you used I the said term. Nuggets, not necessarily information, right. but items we nuggets. haven't touched on. Very nice. The wackiness of the final rounds, boys. In fact, this even started on Friday. We haven't gotten to David Akers yet, have we? No. Responding to last year, Drew Pearson going to Philadelphia where they held the draft and giving those fans the business, thanking the Eagles for giving him an NFL career. David Akers, that's who you turn to if you're the Eagles going down to do the draft. And Damn kickers. Dallas. Yeah, let's throw some shade. What's up, Dallas? Oh, kickers trolling the Cowboys. Last year. I like standing up here before you as an undrafted free agent. Representing that shield for 15 years. Eagles, NFC East champs. 
It was so good. Yes. Wasn't bad. Oh, it was He's so just a kicker, good. but it was it's a, not bad. It was a WWE promo, baby. It would have been one of their best promos. <gasps> Sad but true. Then there's the other shenanigans that teams like to bring out. The wackiness that in, that is involved when you unveil those late-round picks. Like the Chargers, they brought up some super fan to the podium. And, well, maybe not the best choice. With the 251st pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, that looks always in my heart, San Diego Chargers select Justin Jackson, running back, Northwestern. Oh, refuses no. to say Los Angeles. Then oh. you have the Vikings. <laughs> There's the pick on the stone. Bring in the hammer! With the 102nd pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jalen Holmes, defensive end, the Ohio State oh, University. Yeah. That was Team Schuster, a little curling uh, from oh, the St. Paul Curling Club. They're everywhere. They yeah, need they more are. Club. They are they're, definitely everywhere. They're everywhere. They and are everywhere. I think everybody's favorite, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who trotted out Jaja the Parrot, an actual parrot who kind of delivered the Pick envelope. I don't know. I wanted the parrot to speak. The parrot didn't actually speak the uh, name. The parrot just sat on the shoulder of the woman who then announced the pick from the pirate ship in Tampa. And I think this is where uh, Rich Eisen decided everything has finally gone too far. Delivering a pick in Tampa to a fake pirate ship in a half-empty stadium. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> With the 117th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Jordan Whitehead, defensive back from Pittsburgh. What was that last noise? That was the laugh from Rich Eisen finally losing it. <laughs> he it oh. just takes off his just microphone, <laughs> takes out ridiculous. his earpiece, and I'm just so, walks off. I'm so, so glad I missed all of day three. <laughs> wait, wait, what? You didn't watch any of day three? I watched when... when Colin and I were doing the show uh, in here that started at 10. When they started coverage, it was on. And then I left, went to the Twins game, and didn't watch it again. Wow. Never turned How it back. How are you Never supposed to have a on. credible take on the draft if you ignored all of day three? Because I didn't we're, ignore day two. Day three is where championships are won, my friend. You call yourself a fan. I was uh, immersed in good baseball. Just, Saturday's actually good baseball. Just remember, boys. listeners, when you see these Zolgad columns on 15hardyspn.com yep. yep. ripping the Vikings, this is a man who didn't even watch the most important rounds <laughs> of the draft. Don't forget, I am going How after his them knowledge for their strategy the on, day, on day two. I was, I was very into day two. I was really into day one by day three. If you're going to include a parrot in the picks, I'm out. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. I actually thought it was okay. I don't. I didn't have a big issue with it, to be honest. Some of the pitches that we questioned, um, you know, we got I don't answers on that. Yeah. You know, it was pretty good. Okay. It's Aaron Boone. Yeah. Not sure what he's talking about. Oh, you don't know what he's talking about. I don't think so. Yesterday, his starting pitcher, CeCe, got into it a little bit with the home plate umpire. You could read his lips. CeCe's after leaving the mound one inning saying, don't talk to me, call some effing strikes. Oh, you know what? Thousand guesses. Guess who that home plate umpire was? I saw who was. it was. I saw who it was. 
The the Joe, sh- Joe was it Joe West? The it should was have, not. These should have been fired a- ten a- years ago. Angel, Angel, Angel okay. Hernandez. Angel. Two guesses. How does yeah. he? Have, how does Flip he? Flip a coin between those. How two does clowns. the man have a job? Honest to God, Aaron Boone had to come running out and save his guy from being tossed. But hey, after the game, ah, strike zone was fine. Everything's good. I did see someone on my Twitter feed just tweeted, "Why is Angel Hernandez trending?" So there it is. <laughs> That's why. That's what happens. Yep. Well, pretty not soon, toss him? it's worth a discussion because Justin Morneau actually had some some thoughts on an electronic strike zone <laughs> that might you might you might have thought that he wouldn't have said what he said. We could probably <gasps> do that when Wetmore's in here. Pop quiz for you guys. But it's probably about three four times a year the Viking or the Twins trot out a position player to finish off a game on the mound. Lopsided game. They're down seventeen to one and. You get that position player. We already had Ryan Lamar, I think, do it for one inning this year, right? Yep. Last year, it was the backup catcher. Uh, who, Chris Jimenez. Uh, Chris Jimenez, yes, yep. That's right. Dyer has done it over the years. A lot of guys have done it. Well, Saturday, the Giants were getting smoked by the Dodgers in San Francisco, and they brought out the big uh, the panda, Pablo Sandoval, to throw an inning. A very good ninth inning. A little one, two, three. That's actually got a really good curveball. He does. He pulled the, <laughs> pulled the string, was, man. Yeah. He looked really good. Last time the Giants used a position player to pitch. Take a guess. So they don't do it very often. I mean, they've always had pretty good pitching, so. Oh, if, if you're asking us to guess, it's going to go in the way back machine. Not uh, not as far back as Gladdy. No, can't be that far back, right? That's 30 years. It was not Dan Gladden. It was a guy I've never heard of, Greg Litton. I don't okay. know if you're familiar with him. He yeah, pitched, name ring, yeah. pitched against the Astros July 4th, 1991. Wow. Uh, almost that far back. That's wow. amazing. 27, 27 years. years. But they, the Twins have like five guys every year. Jimenez was up in the bullpen about 16 times <laughs> yes. last season, it felt like. And I think I think it might have been a double header. There might have been a double header in play, and, and it was part of the reason why they wanted to preserve some of their other arms. First okay. game, they were getting blown out. I You're love right. how Pablo's gone from like a World Series MVP who signs a $90 million contract to like his only role now is pinch hitter late you and just come in to throw a few pitches if we're getting beat by 10 runs. Miguel Sano, this is your life. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> Oh, got a rocket for an arm. Develop a changeup. He could be deadly. Could Maybe be. that's a thought. Maybe he's a new. Just put him in the bullpen. Like Pablo Sandoval looked like he was throwing wiffle balls. I mean, it yes. was like they were darting all over the place. Eighty-seven mile an hour heater. That's all right. You can play with that. Let's just play this for Judd. Here comes Craig Smith with Fiala. Smith to Fiala. Fiala scores. Kevin Fiala at five thirty-seven of overtime number two. The series is tied and. What's it like for you what to transition game. from what watching a- the Wild for 82 games plus some postseason to then getting to watch this type of hockey? I smile. During this, I smile. During this, I don't think choking pigs, bunch <laughs> of dogs. You guys don't get it. I think to myself, and these two teams are in your division. Colorado's coming, and these two teams aren't going anywhere. Nashville and Winnipeg, we're talking they are. About. They are absolutely fantastic. They are big. They are strong. They are fast. They have all all the attributes in their players that you don't have. They are mar- that was a fantastic double overtime game. Last Worth night. noting, I think people said the same thing about Edmonton last year. This team has arrived. Connor McDavid. They're not going anywhere. Well, that would be Colorado. And, I might be wrong. And then they went somewhere. That. I might be wrong about that. But but uh, the Preds and Jets are absolutely fantastic. I love <laughs> watching those two teams. Shaquille O'Neal once. Said on Twitter, I think it was, he didn't know if the West Coast, he was in Florida at the time, how that could be further away 
than the moon, which he could see very clearly. I think that made stuff at the time. Yeah, I think it did. I think you had that, yes. He may have topped it inside the NBA. (laughs) I saw this. This is amazing. Kenny Smith is looking at possibly (laughs) buying a new vehicle, but uh, was worried about gas mileage and things like that and how big that tank is and how much he's going to have to fill. Well, you'll, you'll get the gist. Because I told him I didn't want to get a, a certain vehicle because of the amount of gas I would have to spend. Yeah. It cost like $80 to, to fill, it, to up. fill it, up. it up. And he right. said, then you said. When it gets to half, then you put $20, you bring it back to full. <laughs> but if I keep doing I would have to stop more often and still no, spend wouldn't. 80 No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Why? You're complaining about when it gets to zero, you spend 80 right? When it gets to half, you put 20 Then when it gets back to half, you put 20 Yeah, but, but I'll keep stopping putting 20 in, and it'll be cool. 80 Kenny. the same amount of gas. Kenny. I'm Kenny. driving the Kenny. same amount of gas. The average human stops once a week for gas, right? <laughs> With you, you only work here twice. You would probably have to stop maybe maybe once every two weeks. <laughs> Don't even try it. This is, all, this is bordering Nobody on. Nobody travel more than me. This well, is I'm bordering on what's closer, the West Coast or the Moon. So if, if <laughs> this wait. Is bordering on that. You're, so, you're, you're, you're telling me that I, would, I wouldn't have to, if I, only, if I didn't let my gas get down, I wouldn't have to fill it up as much? No, I'm saying you're complaining about the $80. That's what the conversation right. about. You, you. But four what? times 20 is 80 because I'm going to stop four times. <laughs> no, you're not going to stop four times. No, you're not going to stop four times. Not in one week, you're not. <laughs> anyway, it, Kenny, so the West Coast is closer than the moon. If you let it get to zero, right, Monday through Friday, right, then you got to pay 80 to fill it back up. Right. Okay, but if you let it get to half by Wednesday, then you pay 20 no, minutes back No, it won't full. get to half by, right, by if Wednesday it's going to be 40, <laughs> and then on Friday it'll be 40. Not 40, again. 20. Yeah. It's going to be 20. No. <laughs> it's going to be 20. Not half. Half of 80 is 40. But no, listen to what I'm saying. I, I, did, I am. Okay. So if I, every day, if I did, if I did. No, you, you ain't going to have to day. put gas in every day. Don't play me right now. I'm not playing. Don't Shaq's don't like, right no, now. don't play me. Oh. The most amazing thing oh. about that, you didn't get one word from Charles. He was so dumbfounded. He just had his head down the whole time giggling. Well, I assumed he wasn't even there. No, he was. No, he was. At one point, Ernie laid his head on the desk, too, and just like <laughs> yes. tried, to, tried, tried to sleep. You know what's the amazing? Desk. That was great. It was entertaining. As most shows, you're like, this pregame or postgame sucks. These guys could actually talk about something that stupid, and Shaq can be that dumb, and it's still great. Well, isn't there a legendary Yogi Berra story to where he was at a pizza shop, and the waiter asked him, would you like your pizza cut into eight slices or six? And he said, better make it six. I don't know if I can eat eight. <laughs> that sounds right. That's, yeah, that would be accurate. Yogi Berra and Shaquille O'Neal oh. apparently separated. Uh, he really afterwards. believed what he was saying, too. Oh, he was not like getting he was... off that ledge. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, let's uh, let's talk about what we're watching on this 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV for a second. Oh, it's the most overrated player in the NBA, Russell Westbrook, who's out in the first round. The Energizer Bunny of the NBA who doesn't make his teammates better. But you know what? Russell Westbrook looks great in this. 4K picture quality. It's the best TV you're going to find on the market right now, especially if you're a sports fan. And you get all the built-in uh, Roku-connected ESPN streaming channel, for instance. You get uh, Watch ESPN or ESPN Plus, as it's called. You get Fox Sports Go. You get Big Ten Network to go. All of the major uh, uh, top sports league brands like Major League Baseball, NBA. It's the best TV for watching sports. And also, uh, if you're if you're more into other things that aren't sports, like music, entertainment, whatever, is you get access to 4,000-plus streaming channels with the built-in Roku device. There's a reason why 
TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand and why it's the third largest TV brand in the world right now. Go to any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or you can go to TCLUSA.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Let's just say that it could cause Molly to start smoking. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. You know casual Friday isn't enough, so sign your business up for the 28th annual Dress for LLS. Enjoy casual Thursdays in May. May does start tomorrow. Businesses across the state will be coming together all this month of May to join LLS in the fight against blood cancers. For a minimum donation of just $5, participants earn the right to dress casual or in a company theme Thursdays in May. The top company will receive a bowling party at Park Tavern. For more info or to register, visit 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. All right. Let's take, an, let's take a call from Joe here. 651-646-8255. Joe, you have a uh, dumb athlete story? Yes, I do. I have thousands of them, but this is, this is one of my... And I mean thousands, but I, I have a I have a friend who used to work at Mariucci Arena. When the building uh, opened, uh, all the it had to be ADA compliant. That's American with the Americans with Disabilities Act compliant, which means every door had to be have a door tag on it. The law says it has to be in letters, numbers, and braille. Mm-hmm. So this young man apparently was rubbing his fingers along the braille, wondering what it was. And he turns to this guy and he says, what is this? He goes, well, this is an ADA-compliant building. He explains it to him, and he goes, and that's, and that's Braille. And the kid goes, you mean to tell me we're going to have deaf hockey players playing here? Oh. <laughs> uh, I said, uh, the guy says, oh. uh, no, no. See, um, Braille is for the blind. Not for the deaf, that, yeah. That, that, means, yeah. that means you can't see. Okay. Yep. Uh, so that's that's why that is. He went, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that that young man. Apparently, I'm told that young man's career didn't last very long. No, can't imagine so, why no. not. I can't believe no, it. No. Okay, you need more. You let me know, Joe. You Thanks, call back anytime Joe. with dumb athlete stories. That's pretty good. That's it's. it's I, I'm trying to. I, I keep thinking about that Shaq clip. I mean, like Dave and I were talking about during the break, the fact that. In his mind, 20 is half of 80 mm-hmm. is number one. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks of gas prices, not in terms of like how much per gallon, but this vague sort of like, well, if you fill up your tank Monday through Friday, not like with no regard for <laughs> yes. how big the tank is or how much gas costs. The average person fills up once a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and to be absolutely sure of himself. He's got two guys trying to be like, yes. what, what do you say? No, don't play with me. I know what I'm talking about. That's my- <laughs> he thought they were like messing with him. Yes. No, yes. no, 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 yeah. no, don't play with me. Don't I know this to be me. true. <laughs> like, no, dude. What I'm telling you no. is the absolute truth. <laughs> and then, like, poor Kenny. Kenny sits there, and he's so- clearly the smartest of all three of the former basketball players, and sometimes just has no idea how to reason so with So was Charles just sitting there mouth agape, or what was Charles doing? He was kind of laughing and had his, he just... He's kind of had his head down. Yeah, he just... I am shocked he didn't join in at, at, at some point. I, I think there's a point. I think Charles is smart enough to know when you're arguing a point that stupid that the other person that's throwing at you, there's no reasoning because if they could understand it, they would have understood it yeah. already. And there, there was a point Shaq was so sure he was right. When you watch the clip, like it, you can't help but think yourself. When someone is that confident in their point, you you can't help but think to yourself, "Am I wrong? What 
Mm-hmm. What am I missing here? This doesn't make sense, but poor Ernie. Jackson. Am I hearing him wrong? And Ernie's just like, dude. Ernie's caught between, okay, like this is insultingly stupid, and yes. we're on live TV right now. But it's really interesting. Yeah, and he has he's smart enough to know it's actually compelling because it's so stupid. Because people will keep watching it just to see if it's a bitter yeah. or not. Ernie Johnson, just based on the guys he works with and the different personalities, he is the best studio host I've ever seen Always. in 30 years watching sports. Absolutely, right? yes, he's fantastic. And there's a lot like Beetle is really good, but in terms of being able to. Knowing when and how to sort of pace it, lay in the weeds, and how to push he's the buttons, unbelievably good. He pushes the buttons so well. That's Shaq. Oh, Shaq. Uh, we're gonna get Wetmore in here in about a half hour or two. I, I he just sent us a. Li- I don't know. Let's check his prep notes here as because of, as of Saturday he was taking drastic action when it came to the twins. He was gonna bury the twins. Well, we'll do that in a half hour from now. Uh, the Westgate Sportsbook has put their over-under NFL win totals out now that the draft has taken place, which kind of leads to a greater discussion of now that the Vikings offseason is basically complete, and there are minor things. I guess there are fringe players you could sign or grab guys off waivers, but this is pretty much the team they're going to have going into the season. How do we feel about that? How do they stack up? We'll get to some questions with Dave, our Mr. Fix-It segment later on, which is going to be Wolves-centric Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio.